and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 482. That's right. What are we talking about tonight? Miscellaneous stuff. <laughs> cornucopia. Cornucopia. Hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. <laughs> a, a cornucopia of assorted things, which is a redundancy. I listener feedback. That's probably okay. the first and foremost. And then we got three I, of those, right? Do we have three? Mm-hmm. I thought we had I thought we had two. Uh, Ken, and then we have uh, Mitchell and Lance. So, yeah, so we have feedback, and then I know I want to talk about Lightyear somewhere in this, and then we have some, we have some other possibilities that might be in the episode, but I guess we're, it all depends on how long the feedback segment, I think, goes, since we are not aiming for this to be super long. I don't think either one of us is up for that tonight. <laughs> for sure, yeah. We've got uh, two two pieces of uh, legitimate feedback here. And Mitchell, we got your email. If you're listening, if this is a legitimate email, email us back and give us some more details about what you're talking about because it, it li- reads a little like it could be spam and we want to be sure. So uh, email us again, give us some more details and let us know what you're talking about. Um, that means nothing to anybody out there but Mitchell. So... <laughs> We'll move on to the actual feedback. You want to start with Ken? Let's 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 let me start with Lance because because I think we're going to need more time on Ken's. Okay. I think um, so. Let's do it, Lance. Let's go with Lance. Nice to hear from you as always, Lance. Lance says greetings, Lanternologists, and happy Pride, Lantern Cast. I recently picked up Green Lantern Volume Three issues one thirteen and one fourteen, in which Ron Mars introduces effigy. Yes, we've talked about that before on the show. Uh, One of Kyle's more direct foils. He teaches us about Kyle's relationship to power and freedom, making him a character to get excited about seeing on a page or a cover. Seriously, these covers are great. And then, yeah, that that was good artwork. My question to you is what characters have brought out some of your favorite lanterns, better qualities? How would you like to see that dynamic depicted in a movie or on a show? Always a joy to listen. Keep up the good work. Lance. Uh, that last part is kind of hard because I'm not as good at the, the movie uh, movie or TV show casting and or plotting idea. Uh, so I will answer the main question, though, uh, and I can run through it relatively quickly. So for Hal, uh, interestingly enough, I think some of the one of the people that brings out a good side of Hal is actually Kilowog. Uh, I really like seeing Hal and Kilowog interact. Uh, Kilowog you know, being the position he is in the core and his size, frankly, um, you know, he, he kind of puts Hal in his place and calls him on his BS and stuff. Well, yeah, a lot of characters do do that. 
But there's something really special, I think, about the way Hal and Kilowog interact together, busting each other's balls and, you know, Kilowog trying to be the voice of reason sometime, making Hal think about something uh, on occasion. For for John, I always like the way the League interacts with him. Uh, I can't really narrow it down to a specific one, but like, uh, you know, it's it's really easy to go to like, you know, Martian Manhunter for that moment in um, Cosmic Odyssey, uh, you know. In trying very desperately to to tell him not to do this and stuff and that's that's a very specific emotional <clears throat> and very intense example but like ever since then i think like he leans on the people around him a lot and i really like you know the core is one thing but i do like the way john interacts with the league um and and cooperates with them kyle for me kyle uh, the best interactions i see with kyle are with alan I like Kyle and Alan's relationship. It's fatherly without being a father. It's, uh, you know, leader without being led. It's, I don't know. It's, it's mentor, um, with friendship thrown in. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, son-in-law <laughs> and father-in-law sometimes, uh, stuff like that. And for guy, I think the one that brings out the best of guy is ice. There are, there are other moments, of course, you know, there's lots of great moments, of course, in that second half of the Red Lantern series and, of course, in Emerald Warriors. But when you when you see Guy around ice, uh, it's a there's a sincerity about him and almost like a heel turn that you don't really expect. So, uh, uh, you, you know, it's in it's, sometimes it's so in such opposition to everything else you've ever seen about Guy that you're thinking that he has to be putting on an act or something in order to, you know, try and keep this, this hot girl with him or whatever. But it's, you know, if you dig a little deeper, he's very sincere about how he feels about her. So I think that's pretty cool too. Jessica, Simon, uh, Joe uh, don't know enough. Don't really see him around enough other people to make that call for Jess. You would probably say Simon and then the reverse, but that's, that's about it. Well, it's interesting because I did not necessarily read this like it had to be a gre- had to be Green Lanterns answering answering that question. So I was making notes as you were going because I I have ideas with some with most of those Green Lanterns too. But of course, in a pop in my head, I'm thinking of other lanterns, other uh, from different lantern cores. I think of Atrocitus, so I have to think mm. of um, Dexter. <laughs> Dexter seems to be the one character that kind of humanizes him and he has some kind of real natural affection for our killer is interesting because the natural inclination is to say St. Walker, which I will go with, but you can also say not that I, I really bought it, but in under the Venditti banner, you could say that they tried to establish the guy had a huge impact on our But I think in the big picture, St. Walker did because St. Walker kind of made our reflect and look inside and, and that was the the duality of i think if you remember back to our killo species that there's kind of was a duality to the you know the barbaric side and the non-barbaric side that i think saint walker caused him to reflect and to basically try to become a try to be a better quote-unquote man but jess i don't know part of me almost wants to say how but jess because they do have an interesting relationship i think it would be easy to say simon but I don't know if I could give Simon that much credit <laughs> for Hal. You know, to me, maybe it's because of when I started reading Green Lantern. I'm going to say Kyle. I think Hal and Kyle, 
you know, with the asterisk, obviously, before Kyle uh, slipped it to Carol, because that obviously potentially threw a monkey wrench into into their the, the friendship, potentially, that the relationship that Hal and Kyle had going back to when Kyle was first introduced all the way through Green Lantern Rebirth and maybe after, I think that there was something about Kyle that, that seemingly drove Hal to be a better person, too, and to at least be able to see himself a little bit in Kyle in the be- in, in the beginning, like when he was parallax, just because Kyle was young and innocent and kind of had the whole road ahead of him, as opposed to what Hal had gone through and he had kind of lost that opportunity. John, I would say for the hell of it, say f- fatality, because that was an interesting relationship that caused John to have to, he had to delve inside himself and he had to overcome things positively. He had baggage, so she she helped him in some negative ways on but mostly, I think, positively, because she helped inspire him to uh, just get over some of the things that were holding him back personally. It's hard with Kyle. It's hard, man. It really is. Your Alan point is very, very, is very good. But it could be Ganset to a certain extent. Could be John. His relationship with John during the Mars run was pretty important. That one's. And of course, you could make you could make the case Alex, too, but she just wasn't around long enough. But that was long, long lasting impact. So that's tough. Guy is really tough because I want the ice thing probably is 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 the correct answer. But when I'm trying to look at the other lanterns that Guy interacts with, Kyle, yeah, they're all. See, you can make it. You literally can make a case for all of the other four cordmen or corsmen, just because it sounds better. Uh, that you know, he and John have a really respectful relationship. We know he didn't have a relationship like that with Hal in the beginning, but now that's completely different that he's kind of acknowledged, you know, he, he, he knows for lack of a better way of describing it. He's kind of accepted Hal's greatness as, as a green lantern. And, and he's kind of, and he's come to terms with that, that he brings something else to the, to the table that Hal doesn't and vice versa. And, and he's okay with that. And obviously, yes, Kyle and Guy have had a very interesting and cool relationship ever since kyle became green lantern i mean they're more brothers than the other two i think i think that's true but then again you have the kilowak thing obviously kilowak has always had a huge impact and and on on guy going back you know going back to even before you know pre-emerald twilight and things like that too that's that's the whole emerald fallout thing was because of because of you know essentially a large part because of kilowak is why he even went to oa so i think guy is harder especially because Guy as a character arguably has changed the most of all four of those guys. So that, that one's really tough. And obviously, I mean, there's other lanterns we, I could think about, but the interesting one would be Sinestro. Who, who, who would we think has had the greatest impact personally on Sinestro? How? That's probably going, that would probably. I mean, he said it in sell, himself in John's final issues. Yeah, which was like. That's the tragedy. We'll always be friends. Yeah, I, I know that. Even though that did kind of read as bullshit. But but I, I think, I to me, it did. I think that that's probably the right answer because you look, you look at, you look at everybody else that he has relationships with. And, you know, Sinestro is such a taker, taker or a user, almost. Everybody else, I mean, the relationships tend to be one-sided. Obviously, the Arkillo one is the classic example of a, of a one-sided relationship with with Sinestro. But even Lissa Drac, yeah, I, it's it's probably. Oh, actually, you know, actually, I guess the the real answer, if you want to be, it probably would be Abin. That probably is the answer. 
based on the John, the John's kind of like the John's retconning of, of relationships and things like that to a large extent, I would, it may very well be either Abin. If we're talking, if we're not leaving it true supporting characters, like his sister, that would, you know, that would be, that would be the most logical answer to it. If we're, if we're bringing in really like, like C tier supporting characters, if we're looking at major players, then it would, it would be either Hal or Abin, but if it if it's completely open, then I guess it would be what Aaron, right? Is that the sister, Aaron? Yeah, her yeah. name is Aaron. A R I N. Yeah, she would probably be the answer. Probably. Uh, I briefly entertained Sornik, but their relationship isn't that close. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think she impacts him as much as he just tries to impact her. Yes, I agree. So he, there's no give and take there. It's just he's just trying to force her to his side of things. Yes, and yes, and what he can use her for or get out of her or manipulate her. It's kind of like yeah. a like a Palpatine Vader kind of thing with with those two. Yeah, for sure. All right, thank you, Lance. Yes, on, thank you as always. On to Ken. Absolutely. All right. I will read the entire email, but I will stop between questions so we can answer them. He says, hi, Lantern Cast. Here are some more questions for you. If you could have three versions of one of the Green Lanterns team up like Spider-Man No Way Home, who would you choose? My first choice is New 52, Earth 1, and New Frontier or Red Sun Howls, possibly going against Parallax, Earth 3, and Justice Howl. My other choice is a team up with the original 60s guy teaming up with 90s warrior guy and new 52 Red Lantern guy. I would love to see something like this for Kyle, but I'm not sure which what versions I would choose. I am. Uh, I'm imagining Earth Zero, Evil's Might, and 2001 uh, Emerald Knights Kyle going against Oblivion, Earth 3, and Parallax Kyle. But I don't know. I know Morrison did a story like this, but I found it very disappointing. I think it's hard to do three on three only in my mind, only because that's really not what no way home was. (laughs) You know what I mean? No way home was just a random assortment of villains. And then you just happen to have three incarnations of the same, same characters, different versions of the same character from different universes. Boy. Um, I mean, you got to have specter howl in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if I, if, but this is, this is where it gets interesting because what do you do as far because you could make a case when you look at parallax that you could pick a parallax to be on the good. You, you could pick a parallax to be on the good side and a parallax to be on a bad side, depending on which parallax you you know which parallax you're taking. I mean, yeah, that would that would honestly be an interesting fight, just psychologically, conversationally speaking, is before fear bug realization. <laughs> well, which which again is one of the things that's the most annoying about what Venditti with did with the convergence parallax because you had that. Yeah, you you had you had the pre fear bug 100% overtly controlling how version of parallax back and you've literally fucked it up within like tw- like two pages but yeah for how for how it, it would definitely be i guess it would be then there's some been so many different ver- i mean so many different versions of how that have been powerful uh so specter yeah, specter how you'd have to take specter how you would take a version of of parallax yeah, it definitely would be pre-fear bug because that that version was a lot more rational, depending on even. And then the other, and for Hal, um, man, you could do, you could do early, you could do the like Venditti run early. I mean, of the Hal and the Core run when he made his own ring, you could do that. You could you could say the, the Cosmic Grail Hal. Technically, that's hard picking. Like, but who to fight would be even more. I mean, geez. 
I mean, that's 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 tough too. I mean, Dawnbreaker. Yeah, I also thought like again, Black Lantern Spectre mm-hmm. because Black Lantern Spectre was interesting. Hal Spectre versus Black Lantern Spectre would be kind of yeah. I'm I, I'm just not Dawnbreaker. Obviously, from a power perspective, would be a good one. I'm just not big on that whole metal stuff. But I mean, uh, Harold Jordan Senior. Yeah. Black Lantern. Yeah. That was which, his, that was his dad's name, right, Harold? No. Uh, what was his dad's first name? No, he's Harold. Hal is Harold. I know, but I I don't think he's no, he's not he's not a I don't think he's a junior. He's uh Martin. Martin Jordan. Martin, no uh, shit. Um the speaking of which, it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day because we've seen a lot of people for Father's Day, we saw a lot of those memes with uh I'll be your co-pilot or whatever, your wingman thing. And we technically speaking, we should still have zombie black Martin Jordan walking around somewhere from the last time Black Hand was on Earth. Remember he resurrected uh, sure. our father? Neither here nor there now. Uh Black Hand maybe 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 Black Hand, maybe a Black Lantern version Black Hand as as an opponent for Hal. Again, I don't want to monopolize this. Cap yeah, picking Kyle would you would you would obviously pick original Ion Kyle. Yep. Um we would pick White Lantern Kyle. Yep. And then I mean, then it comes down to you could pick second eye on Kyle. You could pick you could pick original Kyle. Um, Oblivion's a good one, obviously. If you're going, if you if you're teaming up Kyle's, it's almost you almost have to go against Oblivion. You can make a case for Graven because Graven was always a problem for Kyle's. Um, and then you can you have the F you have. I mean, I would just Nero. I would just say original Kyle. I would too. If I was going to pick three, like, yeah, like, like just like almost immediately after Alex's death, Kyle, like somewhere around that era. Yeah, I would, I would say right pre, post origin, pre zero hour. Like let's yeah. say right after, right after Alan, let's say gave him the the uh, the primer. Yeah. On on who on, on everything that he was going to have to deal with. So, and for the same reason, I would do, uh, I would do OG John Stewart. Angry black architects, uh, civil rights guy. Then I would do just after Cosmic Odyssey, and then I would do where we are at now with uh, him being Emerald Knight or whatever. The God, yeah, God's Godstorm. Because John. I think that's an interesting thing. Is like, you know, uh, the the two future versions looking back on who they used to be. Him, the the original version of him looking forward at him getting so cocky with his power that he caused the destruction of a planet and then an even more future version of him where he took up that power level of power again and that version of him who destroyed the planet looking forward to himself as emerald knight and going how could i have allowed myself to take on that much power again (laughs) you know like there'd be there'd be a lot of how do we get from A, B to C here and why and how could you? <laughs> That's true. The guy, the guy choices in that question were pretty good. I mean, you would, mm-hmm. you, you know, I mean, Red, Red Lantern guy would be hard not to use because he's especially yeah, from the end of the, the Red Lantern book, because we know he's been read a few times. But that was probably the, the best of the best Red Lantern guy. Warrior, you, Warrior would make sense to throw into. And then you have. And then maybe with Guy, the difference is you really don't want to go back to old school guy because he was a dick and he was completely unlikable. Uh, any any the, any green version of Guy as Green Lantern, pretty much from the Kyle run going forward, you 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 could deal with along with there's always Blue Lantern guy. 
and I don't know. See, oh, actually, for for Kyle, we could have we could have done we could have done Major Force too, or for Guy. That's why it popped into my head because because Guy, I remember when they were fighting Major Force together. So Major Force would obviously be be somebody that has a, a big history with going against both uh, Green Lanterns. Um, even Hal, I think, fought him at one point. Uh, and obviously, I don't think that there's not enough real versions of Jessica at this point. Obviously, we 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 know we would. Well, I guess you technically could. You could do Powering Jessica. You could do Green Lantern Jessica, and you could do Ye- Yellow Lantern Jessica. That would be that'd be easy enough. Um, it's just we don't have that many versions of Simon. Thank God. Uh, okay. Looks like the next question here. Uh, what if you? Uh, what if you could make a team of five to seven Green Lanterns all from different sectors? What would be the purpose of your team? This can include deceased lanterns, especially ones who haven't uh, been replaced or confirmed yet. My choices, Kyle, Sora, Hanu, Lara, Izamat, 2-6, and Stell. Since each character has different abilities and skills, I would imagine they would be a group of Honor Guard lanterns tasked to help lanterns in the toughest battle of battles and war zones. I would not want Kyle and Sora to be on any team together. <laughs> I that, that would yeah that would unless you're trying unless you're betting against that team that I would not want them on a team together. I mean, I know it could it greatly depends. All kidding aside, on which version and and when you're putting these which if you're if you're talking right now, which he seemingly is, yeah, I wouldn't put first of all, Sora's yeah, yeah, I guess technically speaking, he's not taking all Green Lanterns, but I guess he kinda is. Um because he it's kind of vague because he's talking about Green Lanterns, but some of the people that he talks about have been multiple color lanterns, including Lara. Uh, when she died, of course, she wasn't green to begin with. Different well, different sectors. I don't know. I mean, to me that that's tough because we so we're used we're kind of used to seeing different lanterns team up all the time uh picking mogo would be easy mogo if uh bizd was still alive um hmm. buzzed bizd uh he i always liked him let's see uh, i'm just trying to i'm trying to pick well i'll, I'll pick my boy i'll pick raker karagat because we never we don't get enough of him so he would be considering his le- his past leadership role in the core that would be that would be valuable and no matter what the team was going to do I'm like I'm 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 like going through a list of I know it's hard that's that, that I'm like making it as this, we talk this one <laughs> this one's tough let's go let's go with somebody we talked about recently just because even though I don't know what this would be interesting because we don't know what he would actually do in 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 the field let's go with Moro uh, we just don't know what he would do in the field but that but maybe that would be interesting or maybe we could come up with an idea of where you you need someone who is familiar with uh dealing with the deceased or, or a crypt or something like that, where it's got, it's, it's where they're going. <laughs> their mission is to, their mission is to bury the dead all throughout the universe. And I'll pick, I'm trying to pick one more. If I'm just going with green. Are you going, how many, how many of you said, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to remember who, how many I said too. What did I said? We, we said, well, we, we could, well, Mogo and Buzz, they're, they're so, they're so, I mean, besides they were in the same sector. I mean, business, Biz buzzed is so damn small that it would, oh, he almost doesn't count. But let's say that's two. I said, what, Raker? Raker would be three. Uh, Moro. Moro would be four. I'll throw Jessica. I'll throw Jessica on just because I like Jessica. And I like this. And Jessica interacting with all those. That would be a pretty, a pretty varied group of lanterns. So I think just from a personality perspective that it would be a nice match. And I think 
she would she could learn a lot from all these different characters and their experiences. What their what their purpose would be, I that would be that's hard. I mean, never. I don't know if I can come up with a specific plot or reason that we that they would that they would need to exist. Maybe always patrolling the you know, near the dark sectors and thing like thing like that. Just keeping making sure there nothing crosses over. I don't know, but that's that's just what I thought of off the top of my head. Okay. While you're talking, I got my list. <laughs> Three, four, five, six. All right, I got six. Uh, do you want the human lantern first, or do you want the the start with the aliens? Let's go with the aliens. Turret. T u r y t t. Oh, that's that's you. Is that the Doomsday one? Yeah, that's that's my that's my that's my that's my boy, you guys. I really like that. Look him up, guys. You should recognize him immediately. He's one of my favorite looking lanterns. Um, obviously, he's there for muscle. But uh, I just like the character uh, quite a bit. Honestly, <laughs> should I'm actually I'm gonna tell you what the purpose of this team is before I tell you the full of the team. I'm thinking of it like a a like they're on a a five year mission to explore <laughs> strange new worlds <laughs> to seek out life. <laughs> like they're 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 a Star Trek away team basically. So we got our muscle, our ferocity, and turret. We have. Uh, we have Ash uh, for like this sort of supernatural, dark, you know, experience with things maybe the others aren't familiar with. So they could run into that. The mystical kind of guy. We uh, speaking to that side of the unknown. Uh, we kind of lean more into the science of, of the unknown with Rotlop Fan. We it, it, we we may have muscle and turret, but we need some tactics and we need some information gathering and stuff like that somebody needs to keep track of everything that's been going on so for the keeping track and organizing and everything we need salak for the for the stealth and the and 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 uh you know uh, breaking into places and, and being tactical von daggle of the corpse and we need somebody who can be, you know, we're, we're going on new planets and new places. So we need somebody who, be, who can be very politically minded, Iolande. Uh, and to also help out with that, we need our human lantern, Joe. So Ash, Rotlop Fan, Von Daggle, Iolande, Joe, Salak, and Turret. So the interesting team. I mean, I feel like we're, we've kind of covered all, all needs here. With this, you could have gone with. See, you could have gone with Sodom Yadis, and you knew, and you he could have filled your politician role, and you would have had tons of muscle with him too. <laughs> Maybe, but I think I, honestly, I think Sodom Yad is is. Uh, look, I, uh, does, does he have the capability to be? Yes, we've seen it before. I when I think Sodom Yad, I think sometimes hot tempered, sometimes immature. Yeah, even though to be fair, we really just haven't seen that version in a, in a while. But then, again, but then again, we all we see now is like Peacenik. Peacenik exactly. uh, saw out. So it's so not, all, so. all you can really define him as is, is the stuff that you've seen him at the most. Uh, and I've I've seen a lot of uh, immaturity and rashness from Sodom. I still like him. I still think he's got a lot of potential. And obviously, we've seen moments of him not being those things. But, the you know, those moments that we have have stuck with me. So that's that's our Star Trek away team, I think. Somebody come up with fan art of that. Just put together like a construct enterprise bridge and sprinkle those various lanterns throughout there. I want to see it. 
Cool. <laughs> All right. The next question is uh, number three. If the Human Lanterns had to join a different superhero teams, different superhero teams, which it feels like we can barely get one GL book, which teams would you have them join? For me, Hal, Justice League, John, Justice League Elite, which should come back with Batwoman and Steel. Guy, Justice League International, Kyle, Titans, Simon, Red Hood, and the Outlaws, Jess, the Outsiders, and Joe, the Suicide Squad, Alan, Jade, and Kelly would join the JSA, Infinity, Inc., and Young Justice, Teen Titans, respectively. Well, looking at this list, I guess, yeah, how how you would have to say Justice League. John could also, yeah, John could be any version of the Justice League. That's that's pretty, that's pretty standard. Pretty standard, I think. Guy, Justice League International makes the most sense for him based on his history. I'm hard, I'm hard pressed to want to throw Kyle on Titans because he just seems like he should be, you know, age wise, I guess it fits, but he just seems more, more of a, more of a, of another variation on the, let's say, uh, the well, new, I mean, remember new, right now, there's a difference right now between the Titans and the Teen Titans. Yeah, that's, that is true too. You were correct. Uh, but there's also new guardians. We could also just have a yeah. new guardians team. And I would, so that's what I'll probably would do with Kyle, throw him on a new guardians. Uh, Simon, if there's one character I want to throw in the suicide squad, it would be Simon for many reasons, <laughs> but it would be Simon. So that's where I would throw him. I mean, technically we still haven't resolved his problems with the U S government. So yes. And wasn't uh, Waller involved in that era of justice league of America that Simon was a part of? I, I didn't read it then, but you might be right. That was on what Johns was writing that then. So maybe, uh, Jessica, I guess, yeah, the, you know, the outsiders would not be horrible for her. Joe, I mean, I honestly, I liked justice league odyssey. You're right. Her. You're right. That's a, that's, that's a, that's an already an existing team that she was a part of. That makes sense. Just like you could throw Joe on that, uh, the future state justice league. I would see that more as a fit for her, certainly than than the Suicide Squad. Alan, obviously, JSA. Yeah, those last three make sense already. Yeah, those last three make make perfect sense to me. All right, on to question four. Question number four is: What do you think the use of of the use of code names? I think the Lanterns with secret identities could use should use code names when they are on Earth. It is weird to me that Hal, Kyle, and I'm presuming Simon and Jess. Though Jess's eye thing hides nothing, have to either call each other by their first names or the same superhero identity. The use of code names uh, would not only alleviate that problem, but also make it easier for civilians and new readers to identify and acknowledge the different lanterns. If it means we never have to hear the moronic, unrealistic black or white one saying ever again, it would be a relief in my eyes. I'm thinking, my thinking is that Kyle would go by eye on a torchbearer. Simon would be warrior. That would be guy. Uh, Jess is limelight. And unless Alan still has a secret identity, how would be sentinel or specter? Technically the lanterns could go by their sector number, but it just doesn't sound as unique or recognizable. Thank you for a great show. I'll answer that. Uh, they just shouldn't have code names at all. Yeah. I was going to say it. Uh, my, my natural inclination is to say, no, it's this, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, first of all, the majority of the time, Majority of the time they're talking amongst themselves. We also don't know if it's one of those things where just because we hear them talking and calling each other by their name doesn't mean the outside world, depending where they are, always hears what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's annoying enough when the Guardians refer to Green Lantern by their sec, just by their sector number. Um, 28 point, you know, 2814.2. It's like, it's like, okay, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's there's really not a much of a point of a secret identity either for any of them, except for maybe maybe 
Hal with his family, with everybody else. I mean, uh, and honestly, Hal's secret identity identity is tenuous at best because, like, how many times has aliens crashed down at Ferris or other places going, Hal Jordan? (laughs) 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 At this point, there's really no point for a secret identity either. (laughs) So, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, some, some good thoughts there, but yeah, there's, there's really no point. And, you know, like the U S government and everything knows who Simon and stuff is. So who cares if the civilians do, I guess, you know, the, the biggest concern would be the government and stuff knowing, and if they already know, then screw off, I guess. So that's just my thought though. No, I get it. I, I, I generally certainly agree that they don't need on that one. I don't think they, they need code names. All right. And that's it for feedback. Uh, So thank you, Ken, for that email. Yes. Thank you, as always, Ken. Always have interesting questions and we appreciate it. What is next? Did you want to do brief thoughts on the Black Adam trailer? You may have more thoughts, actually, than I do about that. Um, I don't know that I've seen it. You didn't see that yet? I thought I'm just kind of I'm kind of surprised that you didn't you didn't see it. Uh, When was it published? Two weeks ago? No, I don't even don't think it was two weeks ago. It could possibly if it's no more than two weeks ago. It was I it maybe it is two weeks for some maybe it was around the eighth. Maybe it was for some reason the eighth is sticking in my head. Maybe that's an artificial number. All right, I'll mute. I did see that. I just forgot I did. <laughs> Obviously made a lasting impression. Well, no, I was I was I saw it on a weird day. Anyways, um, yeah, because did you make some post about Talkman or something in it? I thought yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I saw the trailer. I thought it looks good. You know what? I, it's it's weird. It's not the entire trailer, but portions of it, for some weird reason, make me think of Age of Ultron. I don't know why. Don't know why. That could mean something to somebody. I could. It's, it could be one of those fee- things I'm seeing on the periphery of my brain, and I'm not just making the connection of why that is. But uh, I, for some reason, I'm thinking Age of Ultron. It's cool. I, it, it doesn't do anything to lessen my excitement for the film. I don't how you. I don't know how you see this as anything other than DC's last chance uh, to make something of whatever tr- universe they're trying to build by, you know by by scraps and by lifting themselves up by their bootstraps and clinging to whatever is left and still works <laughs> as Ramillo. Um but you know like I don't know I'm I'm excited for it still god man the JSA looks fantastic um and I he, what 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 you were referring to it, what I posted online yeah if I see fanboys start arguing about this movie and say Oh, come on, DC, do something original. You already have, we already have a hero that flies. That's Falcon. We already have a magic guy. That's Dr. Strange. Oh, the guy that grows. That's Ant-Man. Like, if I see that shit, you're ignorant. Uh, I want nothing to do with you. Go away from me. DC has been stealing from Marvel. Marvel has been stealing from DC. And uh, I, just because Dr. Fate is, is one of my more, He's not one of my top favorite, but he's, he, I do have a lot of passion for Dr. Fate. Um, Dr. Fate was created in the fucking 40s. So nobody tell me that, that DC is copying Marvel and Dr. Strange with Dr. Fate. Okay. No, 
Just welcome to the club, newbie uh, comic character fans. These companies have been stealing from each other, each other for decades. So let's just, if you're going to malign this movie because they're stealing from each other, your argument is not worth my time and neither are you. (laughs) So, but I'm excited for it. It looks fun. It looks, the action looks good. I'm very, if anything, this makes me even more curious about the timeline here. And I don't mean like in the grand scheme of the DCEU. I just mean like for this movie, what's Black Adam's timeline? Because he was a, he says he was a slave until he died. And it, but it, like his son sacrificed himself. And then I'm trying to think of, you know, what I know about Black Adam, the character. And when did he get the powers? How long did he have the powers? How was he shut away? uh hawkman must recognize him from one of the past lives or recognize his influence at least because from w- one of his past lives would have uh, at the very least heard of a ruler uh at the time if not directly interacted with him i'm hoping for the latter actually because that would be cool and then of course dr fate because nabu is in the helm so like you know nabu doesn't have to be kent or dr fate doesn't have to be kent nelson what matters is nabu is in the helmet so Nabu is going to know Black Adam for sure. Whether or not Black Adam knows him would be interesting. Um, so, but because he was uh, a, a you know a herald essentially, I guess is what we would call it for the wizard. Uh, he would have been in the magic, magic, magical community before he went rogue, I guess. So, it's possible he could have known either a Doctor Fate, if not Nabu himself, depending on timelines. So. Now, with Cyclone and Adam Smasher here being later generation members of the JSA in their 20s or teens or however old they're supposed to be for this film, it's I, I wonder if we're going to get the words infinity ink out of this. Uh, I'm very curious. I, I'm very curious of what we'll learn about the JSA because Hawkman and Black A- and um, and Dr. Fate are involved. Was there like a full on team JS like Jay Garrick? We like, like Ted Grant, like Alan Scott, like were they, were they all there? And then these are just the, the statesmen left to carry on away missions and stuff like that. Or, you know, was it kind of like the Jeff Johns run where they're just tutoring and bringing up the next generation? Like what the, the timeline of it, where everybody fits and why and how these teams have existed and, and what uh, just uh, honestly, everything about this is has me curious, but it does very much feel much like Kong versus Godzilla. This feels like this. Uh, this is our last, last chance. And anything beyond it is, uh, I don't know, like, are, are people very excited for the idea of the Batman cameos in the Flash movie and stuff? But sure. This, but, that, but that's a whole not, but that's a yeah. whole nother question at this yeah, that, but, yeah we're not going to get into all the shit that's going on with this psychopath named ezra miller but whether or not that movie ever even comes out at this point depending on the politics and and how that all shakes out is up in the air so don't even think of that as as going to be in the pipeline as a for sure thing right now um this this very much feels like dc's last chance in whatever form it actually could could quote unquote exist in. <laughs> I mean, I guess under that definition, maybe I still think I don't know if this is the last chance because again, I don't know what I just don't know what the expectations are overall. I think I mean I'm still looking forward to it. I didn't love that trailer. 
there were things in it that I liked. There were things, there were some scenes that looked cool. I do think the JSA was arguably the best part of it. But again, I don't know what the int- the fan base interest for the movie is. I don't know what the ant- real anticipation for this movie is. And we probably are not going to know that till we get and get closer to October. I think the thing that the X factor in this is that we don't know what their original plans were for what kind of connective tissue they were, they wanted to have, or they were really moving away from connective tissue period for their movies. Because if, if the flash movie did have a significant impact in whatever direction they had decided to go in. Yeah. That, that movie is going to, I would suspect is going to be released. We just don't know when, and we don't know how. And it's unfortunate uh, because the sad part is the majority of people who were interested in that movie were interested in it, I think, because Michael Keaton was coming back as Batman. But even that is a tipping point for other for other moments like well, Batgirl or whatever. And that, that until we get Michael Keaton in, reintroduced, I mean, some of these other projects are on hold or might be on hold. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks pretty good. I think I just I just don't know. I think it. It didn't make me more interested in the project, but it also didn't dissuade me. I guess, if anything, I thought I was kind of hoping it'd be a little more impressive than it was. He looks fine in the outfit, obviously. You can, he, he seems like, a, on many levels, a perfect fit physically to be Black Adam. But they certainly are playing up the anti-hero angle. Absolutely in this with everything Dr. Fate is saying to him and things like that. But, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So. I just, I was just, I was just curious what your general thoughts were hmm. on the subject. So, do light year and call it a night. All right. So let's let's talk let's talk light year for a few minutes, mostly about the fact that light year has, has isn't doing well. That it's seem it seems not to have a very certainly not very likely to have a good long term box office prognosis. Uh, but before we do, before I delve into why I think that is my analysis of that, let's just say, while I am not in the wheelhouse for Lightyear by any stretch of the imagination, because ironically, I've never seen any Toy Story movies. I've seen clips, which is even more ironic because of the fact that two of my favorite rides in Disney World are both Toy Story rides, the Space Ranger spin and the Midway Mania at Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, <laughs> respectively. But I've re- I'm not a big Toy Story guy, clearly. Nor am I in the wheelhouse age-wise because I'm a 50-something-year-old guy who doesn't have kids. So I'm not in the target audience, which on one level means I can be totally objective, but it also means that it was never going to call to me, which is why I was on my monkey crap list when we did the preview. List. I saw it. I think as a, I think it's entertaining. I think it's – and if people don't understand the con- – most of what we're talking about are going to be non-spoilers, but in, tor- in order to talk about some of the controversial stuff, we're going to have- obviously have to mention at least – the, that point that plot point in the movie but if you don't understand what this movie is this is theoretically this is supposed to be the movie that andy would have watched in 1995 that made him a buzz Lightyear fan and where the toys came from now that doesn't really fly when you on multiple levels when you watch the movie because the movie is relatively i don't want to say it's boring but it's very slow and not very action action-packed and i don't necessarily think it's very super kid oriented in what it certainly doesn't feel like a Toy Story movie. So I find it hard to believe this would have been the movie that would have made a young Andy's super inspired by that. 
and also to to create the toy line and other things but that's the premise the premise of this of the movie i thought it was fine for what it is it's a little slow not a lot of action a little repetitive at times i think they did good characterization and considering and we'll talk about this that chris evans is being buzz and not tim allen i think he does a fine job and he does enough he's but he's Tim Allen enough where you don't always notice that it's not Tim Allen, other than the fact that this, this is a different version of Buzz Lightyear. This is a much more serious version. So, I, and, and as a thumbs up, if you, if you are interested as a Green Lantern fan, if you ever wanted to see Buzz Lightyear, either as Parallax or a Parallaxian view of, of his role in the universe, not just in one way, but in multiple ways, there is that element in this movie. If you once you see it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And it's not just one moment. It's several different. It's throughout the movie that there's a very parallaxian zero hour kind of feel to aspects of this movie and, and motivations anyway. So I think that's so that's as a Green Lantern fan. That was kind of cool. But this movie did not do particularly well. And I and as I was thinking about why it didn't, you know, the, the various reasons why this didn't do well, it kind of reminded me of two movies. One movie it's the polar opposite of, and one movie it is, I think, um, like a almost like a mirror image of. And the movie, I mean, the movie it's the opposite of is something you and I we just talked about again last week, which was Top Gun Maverick. That for Top Gun Maverick, that was a perfect storm for Top Gun Maverick. Literally everything went right about. Top with Top Gun Maverick to make it the movie and the success that it is. I mean, it had the vision behind what they wanted the movie to be was solid. The plot was interesting. The script was good. They understood their IP and or the franchise very well. So they knew what the audience wanted and what the audience didn't want. It was a good cast. The critics loved it. The audience loved it. That's why this movie's have that movie's having an incredible hold. You know, it had the, the biggest, the big, the biggest slash best hold ever for a second week for, for a movie that opened over a hundred million dollars domestically. And then on, so it opened on Memorial Day, which was great timing, but still playing on Father's Day, which was great timing, which is why it only dropped 15 percent on Father's Day weekend. So even the covid delays on this movie ended up working in its favor, like everything fell into place perfectly. The opposite is kind of like for. For Lightyear, Lightyear, the movie reminds me the most of is I think this is like Disney Pixar solo, a Star Wars story, because there's a lot of similarities there. That This is a project that the this is a project that doesn't really it never really cried out to the fan base because this is not the version of the character nor the actor doing the character that people wanted, which was part of the issue with Solo. That people wanted a, hey, if you're doing a Han Solo movie, we want, it, we want it to be Harrison Ford. We want we don't want to do a prequel version with a new actor. And if they were they were going to do a Buzz Lightyear solo Pixar movie, people wanted it to be the Buzz Lightyear from the Toy Story movies, not the original source material, quote unquote, if you if you will. And it's not like Chris Evans did a bad job. He didn't do a bad job. It's just that I think people expected, especially people who don't pay attention like a, like I do, and like just people, j- just let's say moderate, moderately interested movie fans, they probably knew from the moment this project was greenlit, and certainly once it started being filming that oh yeah, Chris Evans is playing Buzz Lightyear. But a lot of people who are just don't pay much attention just probably would have assumed all along it was Tim Allen until the movie was getting close to coming out, and I think and there was controversy like with Solo, there was controversy with the Last Jedi. 
people didn't the pushback against Last Jedi and then the way the audience got the fan base who didn't like that part of it, that didn't like Last Jedi got attacked for not liking it. That created a negative buzz. Plus there was the whole having to refilm most of the movie because of the Lord and Taylor firing. It was just a lot of controversy along with the fact that nobody wanted that project. This movie is similar other than they didn't change the, you know, they didn't have to cut, get new directors, but there were a bunch, there's a bunch of controversies with this movie. I think the Tim, I was talking to Jim actually about this, that, and he didn't think, he doesn't think this is as big a factor, but I do. I think the Tim Allen factor is big because even though it's not reality that Tim Allen has been banned by Disney or blackballed because they're still doing the Santa Claus Disney plus show together, but it's, the perception out there is that Tim Allen got shafted on this project. And I don't know what the deal. I mean, we're not privy to inside information. We don't know if he was ever had the opportunity to do this movie, but he declined. He never had the opportunity. It's like, yeah, you can do it, but you have no creative input. This is the movie we're doing. So if it's our way or the highway. Maybe they promised him a, a Toy Story movie in the past, a spinoff, and then they do this instead. I don't know. All I know is the perception is that Tim Allen got shafted. And I think that hurt them especially when it would have been really easy just to do a take one for the team promotion for this movie saying, you know, this is a different version of Buzz Lightyear. So it makes sense that I'm not doing the voice and Chris does a fantastic job. And I think Toy Story fans were really going to come to love this movie. It would have been real easy to do something like that, even if it was a written statement, but Tim Allen pretty much hasn't said anything about this project publicly, as far as I know. And he certainly hasn't given, given even a tacit support of it. And I think that's a problem. I think the marketing didn't help. I think the marketing makes it does not make this movie look thrilling, which I, is fair in all honesty. And you and I have talked a lot about false advertising in movies, and which may work short term, but usually that's like a one week thing, and then it's going to boomerang on you when, when word of mouth gets out. So I give them credit for marketing in the, the movie honestly, but I don't think the, the marketing made the movie look very appealing. One thing I will say that it's too bad Socks the Cat is the star of this movie. And it's too bad that his debut was kind of ruined, which is another reason why this doesn't really work as the idea that, oh, this was the movie that inspired the toy line. Because why would there, why would Andy not have had a Socks toy? It doesn't make any sense. He would would have had, he would have had that cat along with Buzz Lightyear. And of course, the other controversy with this is the whole same sex uh, kiss and relationship in this movie, which I will say is handled really well. And this is also from coming some, like I said, coming from somebody who's not going to be offended by almost anything, even if I would, you would take a lot to have to offend me, even if I cared about stuff like that, which I don't. But it's handled subtly in the movie. But the, the counterbalance to that, to be fair, would be people would say you have to handle it subtly, just like when you and I talked about the stuff with the with Infinite Frontier about how that how in the beginning, when they were pushing the new 52, Alan Scott, oh, this is just one version of Alan Scott's going to be gay. Your version of Alan Scott still exists. We just want a piece of the pie, that kind of argument. And then we find out when Infinite Frontier was going on, there were at least some people that all along their ultimate goal was we want the whole pie. And then once we control the pie, we're not going to give you a slice back. So you have to be subtle or you're going to get more pushback to it. But the problem is they also Pixar also has to deal with the fact that they had that video that was released to them. I think on a Zoom call in which they basically made it clear that not really up for debate and you may not care either way, then that's fine. I'm not saying you should, but it's really not up for debate that they have an agenda because they were caught on tape saying they have an agenda, that their goal was to put things like that in every single Pixar movie to make it like common to do that. 
And again, you might not think care about that. But even if you don't care about it as an adult, you might care about it as a parent just because it, you may have to answer a lot of questions that you don't want to be talking about to a five or six year old. You would, I kind of suspect the age group for this movie, the main range would be like five to nine, maybe. And maybe you don't want to talk about anything related to sex with your kid who's five or six years old, because as I think, you, as I think you would agree, it's much harder to stay a kid these days. It's much harder for you to stay a kid than it was for me. Just imagine trying to stay a kid these days and staying as innocent and away from real world stuff as long as possible. So while I could understand while parents who may not give a shit one way or the other about what people do behind closed doors might not want to be the ones left cleaning up the mess, having to talk about same sex relationships and how, how do two boys and two girls or two girls have a, have a baby together and things like that. So I don't think it helped. It certainly didn't help overseas where it got banned from a lot of places. But I think that I think it's just like a whole combination of things. I don't think I would I would almost suspect the buzz, the uh, Tim, the Tim Allen thing was bigger for me. I would think that had more of an impact on no pun intended and maybe pun intended a negative buzz about this movie. But I don't think it I certainly none of that. None of this has helped. And it came out on the, you know, the, the release schedule should have been fine for this movie. The fact that it didn't beat Jurassic World, which, you know, you and I talked about, that's not a fantastic movie. It had a pretty decent hold. I mean, I think most people thought that movie was going to drop like a rock. And I think it was like about, like close to a 60 percent drop, which is pretty standard. But the fact that in week four, that Buzz Lightyear made like 50, Lightyear made 51 million and Top Gun made 44. that it, it barely struggled to be, you know, realistically speaking, the odds are after this weekend, Lightyear is probably going to make less money than Top Gun unless finally it just drops like a rock. So I just thought it was just as from an analytic perspective, I think it's interesting, this this movie. And I think that, again, it should be a cautionary tale about understanding, understanding your audience, because it didn't didn't really feel like a Toy Story movie, I think, even in advertising. And while it's entertaining at times. And I think, you know, and obviously, again, the cat is, is the cat is the star of the movie. And I did like a, some of the supporting characters. I just, I don't think this movie was really what the audience wanted. And I think that's probably the main reason that it went into the proverbial crapper. I think, I think I even mentioned it when I talked about why I was looking forward to it. Uh, what, especially once we actually got a trailer, I'm honestly just down for space these days. I wasn't expecting anything incredible or groundbreaking or Oscar worthy or anything like that. I just wanted cool space stuff. And it'd been a while since we've seen Pixar space, like almost like since Wally in some respects. So I was just down to see it again Uh, because if you, we didn't get a lot of it, but do you remember like, you know, when they were on their way to the ship in Wally and they, the ship was just on the other side of like this purple nebula and it kind of came into view and, you know, then they kind of they use that um, fire extinguisher to go kind of dancing in space or whatever. I just love the visuals of Pixar space, quite honestly. And I was down for that. Um, I don't have any particular urge to see this movie. Uh, I don't have any particular like, you know, instinctive. This movie's going to go crazy and do better than anybody thinks type of thing like I do right now with Elvis. But, yeah, I'll probably just see it when it comes to streaming. And I think that makes sense. I mean, as far as overall, I think that's what this movie, I hate to say it that way. And, I, and actually when you, again, not trying to get, it's not giving much away when you, 
the space aspect of this movie, again, is not as much as you think that the majority of this movie actually takes place on that the planet they end up on, which, again, when you watch the movie, it's a it's a series of every the movie it will remind you of immediately if you've seen it is Alien Covenant, because the decision making process is very similar to how people get into trouble in that movie is very similar to, to why the, the whole plot of this movie ends up the, the story that you have you see ends up happening because of decision making along along that or in that same vein that there are moments in space but the majority of it is not actually in space and even what you see is not it's not that big a deal uh i think it just even the colors it just does i mean toy story is kind of vibrant and this movie's not it's just i think jim said it and i think this makes a lot of sense that it's hard it is hard to believe that this this movie would have inspired a whole lot of passion or would have like been enthralling to like a, like a kid like Andy in 1995. It just it's because it it this is not one of those like Star Wars like movies even via animation or not that via plot or what you're seeing on the screen is just so it's just yeah the most interesting thing is the cat is the is is the cat which again now becomes a plot uh, a plot point problem a continuity problem because why was there no cat why would why would there not have been Buzz Lightyear with socks. In, in any of the Toy Story movies, because again, I think it's worth seeing on streaming. I don't. This is. I certainly don't think it's something anybody really needs to run out, run out for, or run out to. And yeah, if you, if you don't, and if you're a, pa- a parent and you don't care about, I mean, either you, you're so far, you're already, your kids already at the point where they know about all the, everything they could ask questions about in this movie anyway. Then yeah, then it, then it's fine. But I do, and I can, I can understand why some parents would have issues with it having nothing to do with being homophobic or bigoted just the fact that yeah it's like well it's like ha 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 you dropped your agenda in the movie but guess who's got to clean up the mess and potentially answer a whole bunch of questions from curious kids us so i can understand why it's like well we'd like to take our movie kids to see a movie and not have to worry about anything like that we just want them to be entertained by the plot and the stars and everything else now again it's handled it's handled really subtly and you know if I was i didn't think twice about it but again i'm an adult and i'm not going to be offended by anything on Pretty much, even if I was sensitive to that subject, which I'm, which I'm not, that so I think so. But I, but it is interesting analytically to see what that it does did remind me of Solo so much because there was just so much baggage, and it's just giving the audience not what they want, not the version of the character that they want or expect, and then you and then you and then you wonder, you know, then it's like then they try to spin. It's like why did this movie fail? And then they try to leave out the most obvious reasons, which always kind of gets. <laughs> Kind of gets frustrating too when they do that as opposed to looking at the most obvious reasons for sure all right i think we have uh, i think that's just about it for the night did want to mention one thing before we go into close um i commissioned a filter for tiktok uh long story short i uh, i would like to get into marketing at my job by the end of the year but i have no real world experience in that so i'm trying to bolster my own resume in that regard so i'm just sort of you know we got a podcast i'm playing around with it there's a unique challenge with a podcast as old as ours um when it's been on the air for that long it's very hard to get new listeners now we don't make money off of this so it's not like we're you know you know gotta get new listeners gotta get new listeners to make more money and so on and so forth it's just a fun little challenge and Occasionally, I feel like spending money on it. At one point, I did spend money on a social media ad uh, just to see how it went. And TikTok is, uh, whether you like it or not, is uh, is a big platform. There's lots of people on there, lots of comic fans over on TikTok. And one of the things that they use quite frequently 
is filters um, because it's a video based thing like, uh, you know, like Vine used to be or, or whatever. The filter is a fun way for people to change up things. And I commissioned what's known as a randomizer filter, the basically a bunch of images that just rotate and then it picks one. And I called it, which lantern are you? And on that is like Atrocitus and Mogo and a bunch of others. Uh, I won't spoil it. Go have fun with it if it's something in your wheelhouse. Um, what's the easiest way to find it? It's kind of hard to search filters on TikTok. It's possible, but it's hard. Basically, once you go to post, you can click on effects and then you can just scroll until you get to the point where you you can search. But it's probably easier, and I'm, I swear, guys, I'm not trying to market my own page. Um, but if you actually just find me on TikTok, at the Nerd Fonz, it's the same, uh, the handle I use over on Twitter. It's uh, T-H-E-N-E-R-D-F-O-N-Z. When you find my profile, you will see a couple of different videos where I am using that filter. So if you click on it, uh, you will see the effect name Green Lantern. You can click on it and then click use this effect. And that's going to be the best way to do it. All you got to do once it's on your screen is just tap it and it'll rotate and then choose a random lantern. The reason I'm mentioning it here uh, is because of the way it starts out, it says, which lantern are you? And then over in the corner, it says presented by the lantern cast. So people know at least the, that the lantern cast exists. Uh, you can have lots of different fun with a filter like this, uh, you know, which lantern am I? Or you can have versus challenges with your friends and say, I get these three lanterns. And then you can tag somebody and say, who do you get? And, you know, you can have fun with that. Just check it out on TikTok. It's it's one way to do it. And I bring it up, actually, because uh, I wanted to share something with Mark. Uh, Mark, on uh, on day one, that filter, within 24 hours, that filter got 585 uh, views 8,658 plays uh, and 18 shares. But by day two, that filter got 36,764 views, 37,056 plays and 95 shares. And right now we're on day three. You've done good, Chad. So it's working. Whether that actually translates into people looking at the filter and going, huh, what's the lantern cast and finding it, that remains to be seen. Um, But honestly, I really, part of my favorite way to reach out to the community is actually just to add something to to the community. Like I was really proud when I came up with that green lantern wallpaper. Uh, This filter is another thing out there. Let's give something out there to the community for the lantern fans to have fun with. And that's what this is. So go find the green lantern filter on TikTok. If you figure out how to actually search for filters without finding my account, it's just called green lantern. So go find it folks. You did a really good job, Chad. You did a really good job. Yeah. And it was relatively easy. Uh, I, I just hired somebody off of Fiverr folks. So if you have an idea uh, go find the people who have the talent that you lack uh, and let them hire them to uh, make your idea a reality. But that's, our, that, that's our message for the day. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to reach out to us, how do they do so? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to track us down there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you like to leave us a text or a voicemail, 708 Lantern. And still, you can re- you can email us again, lanterncast at gmail.com if you are looking for our Discord link.
Sounds good. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.